The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Want to fearlessly explore your creative spirit? Join artist Susie K. Edwards for Path of the Butterfly, a weekend workshop at Omega Institute's beautiful campus in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26th. Experiment with a variety of art forms, engage in mindfulness, walking, and silent meditation, and discover a new and free-flowing creative vision. This workshop is for beginners and professional artists. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Hello, and welcome back to Feng Shui with Christina Hollinger. This is season two, and I am so excited to be back. I have been dreaming about this particular episode for months. I have been so excited to get back on this mic and chat with you because I have so much to share with you about what's in store for us in the upcoming year. Welcome back. I'm super excited that we're back together. This is season two and I'll be coming back every single week. Um, So get psyched for some amazing guests and for lots of manifesting with feng shui. I actually started this podcast in January of 2022. So this is a fairly new podcast and it was a Mercury retrograde when I launched the show of all things. And if you're not familiar, Mercury rules communication and transportation. It's not necessarily considered auspicious to start new projects when it's a Mercury retrograde. Retrograde's a great time to slow down, to review, to reassess where you are, and really finish up projects that you've already started. So when I knew I was launching this during a Mercury retrograde, I was a little bit hesitant, to be honest. However, life isn't always perfect. And our guest today is Colin Bedell. He is the astrologer for cosmopolitan.com. He's wrote several books, including Queer Cosmos, the astrologer, excuse me, the astrology of queer identities and relationships. He's just like this incredible intellectual human that is going to help us get through Mercury Retrograde. So I didn't want to hold back. I wanted to bring you something relevant that's going to help us through this time because Mercury retrograde is with us until October 2nd, 2022. And to be honest, it happens three times a year. So even if you're listening to this replay, you should still chime in, tune in to this episode because you're going to want to understand what Mercury retrograde is all about. And he goes all in depth in this episode. He also helps us to understand our compatibility as if you know your Zodiac sign, hopefully you do, then this episode is going to really help you to identify how you interact with other Zodiac signs romantically and even in other ways, um, through friendships and things like that. So it's a good one. It's a juicy episode. It's, um, I've wanted to have Colin on for months, but he was filming a show that's right. He's on a show in the UK and it's a reality dating show where he's the astrologer matching up 
different contestants. I'll let him explain it to you, but, um, he was in Europe for a few months. And so we had to postpone our interview many times and that's okay. It all came about in perfect timing. So I think you're going to really, really love the guest today. Um, something else that I've realized from, you know, looking back at last season, you're here for the feng shui. So I'm going to give that to you every single episode. This season is going to start with a little bit of feng shui, and I'm going to really give you just little bite-sized tips and tricks that you can try after each episode. And I would love to hear from you to hear if you're finding success or experiencing any miracles, because remember miracles are natural. And when we shift the energy, it's inevitable. Your life is going to shift. When you shift your environment, exterior movement creates interior shifts. So I'm really excited for you. I'm really excited to start each episode with a little bit of feng shui to get us going. If it's not a solo episode, then you still need to get some feng shui, right? Because you know, I have lots of manifesting tools for you in this show. This is a show about feng shui, but I also have a lot of astrologers, numerologists, and other experts that are going to help you live your best life and help you to design the life that you desire. So I want to get into a quick story about Huey because last season I opened up and launched the podcast with the most listened to episode, which was all about how to follow the signs to your biggest dreams. I also had Wayne Dyer's daughter, Sage and Serena on the show last season, and we talked all about signs from heaven and how to communicate with loved ones who have passed and also how to follow signs just from the universe in general, in order to get that affirmation that you're on the right track. So all year you have been messaging me messages about repeating numbers, feathers, and other interesting stories of how you knew that you were on the right path because of synchronicities and signs that you were given. So I've been wanting to share this story with you. If you remember in April of 2022, we lost our dog, Huey. He was 12 years old and the best dog in the whole entire world. He was a chocolate lab hound mix with um, floppy ears and he would snort when he was excited to see you. And he was such a love bug. He would just never hurt a fly. It was very hard to say goodbye to him. And I don't remember if I told you this, but Huey let me know that his sign for when he passed over was going to be a dragonfly. And of course, as soon as he, you know, passed over, I saw so many dragonflies and this is going to give you goosebumps. At least it gives me goosebumps. We ended up getting a puppy this summer. This summer, my husband is from Pennsylvania. He's one of five. So we have a ton of family on the East Coast. Um, all of his siblings are married with kids. So my kids have 11 cousins on the East Coast. And we go to Ocean City, New Jersey 
for a beach vacation every summer. And it's something we really look forward to. And as it turns out, um, our puppy was going to be born in Virginia. Don't even get me started on this. Okay. This, it was a misinterpretation. My husband thought the dog was in Indiana, not the case. The dog was in Virginia. So the breeder, which by the way, we adopted Huey, um, and we have adopted a couple of dogs and we decided to go through a breeder this time for a variety of reasons. Um, but anyway, that was just a side note. I'm all about adopting and not shopping. And at the same time we did use a breeder. So just sharing that with you. Um, her name is June, the dog, not the breeder. And she's a English Springer Spaniel. And we basically decided that the breeder would meet us in Pennsylvania after our beach vacation, because it was going to be much closer for her to drive from Virginia to East coast, Pennsylvania, than it would be for her to come all the way out to the Midwest where I live. So the breeder shows up with June bug is what we call her. She was cute as a button. And the first thing I notice is the breeder had a tattoo of a dragonfly on her leg. And I just gasped and I didn't say anything in the moment, of course, but after she left, I mentioned it to Andy. I said, did you see what was on her leg? And he knew exactly what I was talking about because he also looks for dragonflies because we know that's our sign. That's who we signed for us. It was hard at first a little bit. I thought I would love the puppy right away. And I do love her. Um, but I think it actually really helped me to see Huey's blessing in all of this situation. The fact that the breeder, the one that we've been communicating with for months, had this dragonfly on her this whole time would just made us feel like Huey had a hand in finding us our next dog. So it was really sweet. And I just, I can't get over sometimes how the universe works. The universe works very, very divinely and signs are everywhere. If you look out for them. So thank you for letting me share that story with you and moving on, um, before we talk to Colin, this is an interview that is just, I'm so psyched about before we talk to Colin, let's get into just a little bit of feng shui also new this summer. Since I haven't talked to you in a couple months, I came out with a brand new program called the transformation series. And the transformation series brings you through the three most important areas of your home. It's exactly how I started feng shui a decade ago. And I experienced extremely magical results within six months to a year of applying feng shui to the three most important areas of my home. So in the transformation series, we talk about feng shui your front door, your bedroom, and your kitchen. Your kitchen's the hub of the abundance. Your bedroom is a manifesting incubator. You spend a third of your life there sleeping. And the front door is the mouth of chi. It's where all of the abundance and opportunities enter your home. I start every one-on-one -on -one consultation at the front door because this is the space where everything is rejuvenated and refreshed. It's the first place to start your journey. So naturally today, 
we are going to start talking about three tips to help you feng shui your front door so that you can truly welcome in new opportunities, helpful people, and abundance into your life. The first tip is to make sure that the house number is visible near the front door. Even if you live in an apartment, this is for you because you want your apartment number to be clear. Feng shui is very literal as well as metaphorical. So let me explain. When there is a package on its way to your house, it's very important that your home is visible from the street and that your house is clearly labeled so that packages make their way to your door. It's important that your home is labeled clearly so that visitors who are coming to your home and bringing their fresh energy and positive chi to your front door, it's important that your home is clearly labeled for them. So Having the numbers, not only on your garage and on your mailbox, but also having them near your front door is extremely valuable because it just affirms to the universe. I live here. This is my home. Come on in. (laughs) I am ready. So whenever I talk about the front door, I just kind of tell, tell my clients, like, remember you're like flagging down the energy, the universe, the money at your front door. So whatever you can do to draw attention to your front door and to bring about clarity is really good. So having a number plaque is a great addition to the front door. Like I said, I did this for both of my homes. Um, I've only, my husband and I have only owned two homes in our lifetime, but um, our first house, I got a number plaque from Home Depot, and then, you know, screwed the numbers on myself and then hung the plaque next to the door. And it looked really nice and complete. And it showed the universe where I lived and it brought us more opportunities and abundance. In the home we currently live in, we didn't want to like drill into the brick. So I just got numbers and you can paint them or stick them on the door. So I actually put the number of our address on our front door and it can actually look really good. So Google it like front door numbers, and it could look really pretty. It could look really complete. If you try this tip, let me know if you're in the transformation series, you can actually leave comments in the Kajabi course, or you can just give me a shout out. I love to see uh, what you're up to and see how it's working for you. Another tip that I share in the transformation series is I go into a lot of detail about the do's and don'ts for a front doormat. But for today, what I really want you to understand is that a front doormat is important. A front doormat is like a landing pad for new opportunities, abundance, and money to land at your front door. And it is important that the front doormat is solid so that opportunities don't fall through the cracks. It's important that the doormat is the width of the door and no larger, because believe it or not, if you have a doormat that's larger than your front door, even more opportunities will come to you than you can handle. And then you'll feel like you have so much going on and you can't necessarily do it all 
well, right? So it sounds like a good problem to have, but actually you just want just enough opportunities, the right opportunities, right? And then if you live in an apartment or condo and you're not allowed to put a doormat in front of your door, I do provide the energetic explanation of how to create an energetic doormat. It's very simple and that can be found in the transformation series. It's something I highly recommend you do. I did not do it when I lived in the South Loop because I had not gotten my certification in feng shui yet. I was a Google guru and Google didn't tell me how to do that. Um, however, if I knew that, um, if I had known how to create an energetic doormat, it's definitely something I would have done when we lived in the South Loop for sure. Okay, so I'm going to give you another taste of one more tip that I share in the transformation series, in particular in the front door masterclass or module, I should say. Um, we talk a little bit about the color of your front door in general you know, you want your front door to be solid. That's one thing um, because a solid door is going to protect you from any outside energy. So you'll feel really protected. And it's also going to hold in the positive energy of your home. So what I like to tell people is if you have like a lot of windows in your front door, you could put a colorful wreath in front of your, the window of the door, just to kind of create that solid vibe. And when it comes to what color the wreath should be, or thinking about your door, if you want to paint your door, you know, what color should it be? And I go into detail throughout the course of all the different kinds of colors and what they represent. And you really also get that when you get into the five elements of and manifesting with feng shui, you could really consider which element do you really want represented and want to attract into your home and into your life. But I'll share a personal story with you, and then you can kind of decide for yourself what color door you think you would go with. Um, but when we first moved into our current home, we had a black front door and that's great because our front door happens to be in the career area. So it's in the front center area of our home and black is a water energy and the career area is activated by water. Water is a money energy. It represents the flow of money and the flow of career opportunities. So it was a great color for our front door. And then we just put on a colorful wreaths to add a pop of color and to really draw attention and opportunities and helpful people to our home. When there was a huge storm in our neighborhood a couple of years ago, we had the opportunity to repaint our house and ultimately rethink our door if we wanted to paint it a different color. And being the feng shui practitioner that I am, I thought to myself, you know what, let's take it up a notch let's really brighten up the front door. And we painted it red, a very traditional like fire hydrant red. And I absolutely love it. The door stands out so much more. And if you remember, I said the door is the mouth of cheese. So it's like every time you open the door, it's like your door is breathing in all this fresh energy and opportunities. So the red really attracts opportunities and abundance and prosperity. So I personally have enjoyed the red door. Some questions that have come up before, like what if my door faces Northeast or South? 
What color should it be? And I just want to remind you that I practice BTB school feng shui. I don't practice compass method. Compass method might have different opinions about the color door based on direction. Flying star feng shui might have a different opinion about color based on the compass direction. But in the feng shui that I have been trained in and that I teach you every week on my podcast and in all of my courses, like the transformation series, I'm teaching you BTB school feng shui. And what I would say to you is I would look at the Bagua map, find out which gua your doors in and kind of go from there. And then also really consider what it is you want to attract into your life. So I go into so much more detail in the transformation series. I go into more detail in front door feng shui. When you get to that module, it's the very first one, because that's where you want to start your feng shui journey. So I hope you enjoyed your 15 minutes of feng shui. I hope you also enjoyed my story about Huey and following the signs. Thank you, friend. Thank you. Thank you. I just, it's been something I, this is a little bit of a longer intro than I had intended, but I missed you (laughs) and I really wanted to share it. So that's all for now. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to cut to the interview that we have with Colin Bedell. He's an extremely genuine and extremely intelligent person. If I were you, I would get out a pen and a piece of paper. If you don't already have one, because you're probably going to want to take notes. You're going to want to know how to survive mercury retrograde. There's still a couple more weeks. And like I said, it happens three times a year. So get prepared to get some really excellent advice on how to survive mercury retrograde. A little bit about Colin is he is a queer Gemini twin from Long Island, New York. He's a passionate student of secular personal growth systems. And I linked his Instagram in the show notes because it's fascinating. He shares so much good stuff. So he has a new show. He's going to be talking about that. He's also the astrologer for cosmopolitan.com. And we have a friend in common. He has collaborated quite a bit with the Astro Twins Astrologers of Owl Magazine. And I've also worked with the Astro Twins as well. So we have a lot in common. We had a great conversation. And remember to leave a review if you love it. All right. Enjoy the show and have some fun listening. Hey, Colin. Thanks for being here. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing so well, Christina. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. And I feel like it's long overdue to finally be in air sign conversation with you. So I'm so thrilled to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Yes, I love to be in the company of a fellow air sign. So I'm a Libra, if the listeners don't know, and then you are a Gemini, right? Most assuredly, baby. Okay, I love it. So we're going to just dive right in because I was telling you before we started the recording that I happened to be starting season two during a Mercury retrograde. I started the show during a Mercury retrograde. We're going to have to talk a little bit about it, mm-hmm. but first let's like at least introduce you to the listeners. Yeah, sure. Um, the way I found you, first of all, your handle on Instagram is queer cosmos. That's right. Yes. And I'm holding up your book, even though the listeners Ooh. can't see it. You wrote a book called Queer Cosmos, The Astrology of Queer Identities and Relationships. That's right. Gorgeous book. 
And as I was looking at it, I found out you also wrote a little bit of astrology, which is part of a series. I happen to have the book, A Little Bit of Feng Shui, which my friend I Johnson wrote. And then I found out you wrote a little bit of astrology, which can be found in Barnes and Noble and things like that. So you're super incredible at what you do and super mainstream. Well, thank you. But let's, you know, I know you don't want to like brag on yourself, but as I was digging up the dirt on you, Colin. I found that you were <laughs> as on... only a Libra can as only a Libra can. <laughs> I was looking for you on TikTok and saw you were on Good Morning America. And then I looked and noticed that you have a show in the UK. So can you talk about all the things, please? Oh my God. Okay. Well, it's actually, you know what? I'm going to try to frame this with you because it is true. Like what I know to be true about Libra and yeah, yeah especially Libra is that they are a zodiac sign that reminds you the quality of your life is determined by the quality of your relationships. Okay. And so in relationship to my books, my media exposure and the television show, I'm telling you right now, Christina, it purely came from a mixture of the competence that I was trying to skill build, right? The moment my business started. And then also my friends, like that's really what it was a kind of a perfect storm, if you will, right? And a friend of mine is also what connected us in a lot of ways, Ophie do, right? She and her twin sister, Tali, created a framework in astrology that I really feel like I've been using ever since I found them. So how all of that started was, of course, like I really wanted to make sure that I was offering something grounded, something evidence-based, something helpful and actionable. I wanted people to experience what I was saying, not just have an awareness around it. I really wanted people to be in the experience, not just in the theory or the awareness. I wanted them to be embodied in it, right? And so that was my primary concern. And then again, it was my friends who were like, hey, do you want to be interviewed by Refinery29? And then because I was, that's where the publisher found me from uh, from Sterling to offer me the first book. And then um, a friend of mine's a producer. There we go. A friend of mine is a, a producer at Good Morning America. And so his name is Tony Morrison. And he just said, hey, any chance you would like to uh, just do a quick little segment on our Instagram and then that became a television segment and then the television show, the same thing. And so, yeah, I don't know if that answers your question, but I just wanted to say like, I don't believe that people are self-made. I believe that people are relationally made and every single hundred percent. I swear I would die on that hill. Okay. And that is what I needed to say here is that yes I'm very grateful and of course I once the doors were open by my friends I had to walk in and you know kind of give the people what they wanted hopefully but my friends opened those doors and that I think that that's a Libra conversation you know the relational making of others that's something I can understand I actually had my astrology chart read recently and something about my chart says that I have a Capricorn Jupiter, so I'm like all about expanding and hardworking. Okay. Yeah. I feel the Capricorn in you immediately. But also that I'm very intense in my, like my relationships and even when it comes to work Mm -hmm. are very intense too. And like in the sense, in like a good way, like I get really close to certain people and I hold Mm -hmm. them close to me and like, I can have these deep conversations with someone like you, Colin, after just, you know talking after 15 minutes but, <laughs> but I love it I live for this no, like this is what too. I want to do is just have these conversations yes. all day so yes this is me why. too girly yeah I know like you're speaking my language and I love it <laughs> so I really want to know a little bit more about the show and yeah hey is this yeah. out yet 
It's about to be, yeah. So we filmed okay. it uh, in Greece last Gemini season. It was so, and I'm a Gemini, so it's really cool to like watch the Gemini themes in this ecosystem take shape, right? Um, so it's done by a British production company called Bareface, who are two girlfriends once again, right? Like friendship, friendship, um, and they're, that their Bareface company is owned by uh, STV, a British production company. And they had contacted me last December and said, hey, we want to do an astrology uh, television dating reality show experiment. And we think that you would be somebody who we'd like to have on the show. Um, and uh, we're filming in Greece in, in May if the, if the show gets bought. And I was like, oh, my God. And so, yeah, a month and a half later, it did. And then next thing I know, I'm in Greece with a bunch of Brits. I was the only American in like the entire production, Christina. Janet, like the entire everything I, I couldn't believe it I didn't the only American accents I heard was the family who I would call it oh my gosh wild. isn't it funny how like we're so obsessed with their accents and they're really just like not obsessed they with us don't care all. about ours I know <laughs> like what the heck but I love them so much uh, me too they you know what they would laugh when I would give them New York isms okay like then they would laugh <laughs> Right. And if you I I know Chicago has like sayings, idiosyncrasies, like I'm sure if, if you gave it to them, they would like eat that up. <laughs> um, but they were amazing. And it really just like I'm still processing the enormity of that experience, you know, because it really was like, you know, a multimillion dollar research experiment. It was mm -hmm. just done on the approach of television. Right. And the uh, producers were really clear that they wanted it to be a mixture of education with an entertainment approach. And so they were really deliberate and intentional about making sure that the contestants and the audience learned about astrology really thoughtfully, really carefully. The fact that it's a British production, I think, needs to be named in that sense that like their number one reality show is the Great British Break Off. Like that's what their people want, you know, like yeah. Love Island, not so much. And so they really wanted me to make sure that it was informative and inspiring and helpful and I was so impressed by the way the cast took to astrology, by the way that the crew took to astrology. I mean, it was a magical experience. And then I'm in the galley watching couples interact that me and my colleagues matched mm -hmm. on 14 different television screens. Like this is a researcher's best case scenario, you know, you and it was just, out? you oh know, I'm geeking out, right? Because I was yes. like, oh my God, that's their moon in Leo trining that person's moon in Aries. Oh, no wonder they just fought. And then I'm on camera too. And I'm like, oh, okay. So that's why they're getting along well. And it like, yeah, like, and we're nosy air signs. We want all the gossip. <laughs> and the out so it was just outstanding. And I I really believe it'll it'll transform the quality of my career and the quality of my life. Yeah, it's already happening. Want to fearlessly explore your creative spirit? Join artist Susie K. Edwards for Path of the Butterfly, a weekend workshop at Omega Institute's beautiful campus in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26th. Experiment with a variety of art forms, engage in mindfulness, walking, and silent meditation, and discover a new and free-flowing creative vision. This workshop is for beginners and professional artists. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. I think that this is truly the beginning of something huge because as we talked about, we were connected essentially through the Astro Twins. That's right. And they Who just also came have up a yep. 
Mm-hmm. They have a similar show on Amazon Prime Video, yep, and it's like it kind of blows my mind almost that these kinds of shows haven't been in existence yet because it yeah. just feels like so natural. Like, why wouldn't it be? <laughs> um, but it's really cool to hear that more and more people are talking about astrology in a deeper way. Like, people yes. understand that like, I'm a Libra, but I understand that I also have a moon in Aries, <laughs> North Node Taurus, South Node. Um, Scorpio. So like all of these things are not necessarily another language to people. People really understand some of those key elements of their chart. And that's major because it changes your life once you understand your chart. Without a doubt. And I think, yeah, the timing is interesting. You know, I think if we're thinking about it, you know, as kind of socioculturally and politically as possible, like America is predominantly a Christian nation. And so the conversations around metaphysics, around astrology, like that sends people a little, little nervous, you know? And so I, the networks, I think were nervous about whether or not people would actually want to watch it, even though like, of course we have like ghost hunting, the Long Island medium, you know, psychics and this, right. So, but I think there's something about astrology as well, that people felt like couldn't be taken seriously and also was almost anti-Christian. I'm pretty convinced of that. Whereas like the Brits, you know, they don't give a shit. They don't have an, an official religion. Like, And technically America doesn't either, even though we act like we do. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it was just a totally different framework. But yeah, I think also too with what was happening politically with the Trump administration and also the pandemic. I think people were looking for different ways of living that were beyond what was right in front of them. And then that's where people looked to astrologers and said, oh, don't you guys have something valuable to say? Yes, you do. Absolutely. (laughs) And and if you don't mind, I actually kind of want to, I want to know something right away, especially for the listeners. Um, we are in Mercury retrograde. So yes. I was hoping that I could transition just to really understand that Mercury retrograde has a really bad rap. Yeah. And the way that I get myself through it is by slowing down and oh, trying boy, to yeah. remember to read, like review, yes. relax and do all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. for is this a myth? And then I'll let you kind of have at it with Mercury retrograde. I need to get my hair done. Maybe you get some Botox. Do you recommend <laughs> so not Libra. doing any of that during your Mercury retrograde? Well, damn, I'm mad I can't come with you. That would be so fun. <laughs> like a hair, t- uh, a haircut and a vitamin, vitamin B moment with the Libra. Um, well, it actually, it would depend on your chart. I don't know if you were born during a Mercury retrograde, were you? No, I was not, but my son was. Oh, okay. So yeah, then for you, uh, I, w- I just wouldn't do anything binding, right? They say, and also if you initiate something, it just might take a little bit longer to take shape, right? The, one of the best ways, because you're not born during a Mercury retrograde. I was born during one. So that's typically when and things- so were the Astro Twins. Exactly. Yeah. So we, we laugh all the time that like, because we were both born under one, that's typically when shit pops off for us. Uh-huh. And we're like, all right, well, I guess we're running with this, you know? Um, but for those who were not, doesn't mean you're more or less, you know, suitable for anything. It just, it does ask for you. I think, especially given the fact that you are a Libra sun and an Aries moon, which is two cardinal signs, you move incredibly fast and you have to, there life demands urgency and life demands decision-making. And like, life isn't about just sitting around waiting for opportunity. What I love about cardinal signs is they're so proactive. They're like, no, I'm going to make it happen. Who are the cardinal signs? Aries, Libra. Libra. Cancer, Capricorn. Okay. Yeah. What's your rising? 
I don't know. Taurus, okay. I think. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Also explains why you're giving beauty, right? Ruled okay. by Venus. <laughs> uh, but two of the four cardinal signs. Yeah, like you're an energy that's incredibly proactive. And again, I love that about my cardinal signs. They don't sit around and wait for to make life happen. They just fucking do it, you know? Um, but with Mercury retrogrades, it will kind of challenge you to move a lot more slowly. And that is a challenge sometimes with cardinal signs, right? And when you are moving more slowly and more intentional and more deliberate and applying the law of Aries, like you said, review, rethink, reassess, rest, recharge, it allows you to integrate so much of what's happened over the last three to four months because modernity moves too fast. It absolutely does. You know, we're not given the time and the space to just sit with and process and experience what's come up for us, let alone not even just over the last three months, but how about the last three years? You know, so that's why I love Mercury retrograde because it's like, all right, everybody, with where you are and what you can do, can we just commit to non doing, non doing and rest? I love that. That's, yeah, I like try to finish up projects, like you said, instead of starting maybe a new big yes, project, yes, just yes. kind of refining what yes. you already have in existence. And it's kind of just yes. this good opportunity. And so in feng shui, we teach about three different types of energy. We talk Ooh. about personal energy. So how my personal energy interacts with yours and how oh, when, nice. we, when we strengthen our personal energy, that's when we become a vessel and a magnet for what we desire. Then we talk about yes. environmental energy, which most people are familiar with when it comes to feng shui. We're talking about your immediate surroundings and how they influence okay. you. And then we also okay. pay attention to the cosmic universal energy. So the moon phases, the mercury retrogrades oh. and all of those things. And I think that. that's why I'm so drawn to bring, talking to people like you, astrologers who are like so in tune with how we are all being impacted by some of these big retrogrades and different... Yes placements of our planet yes. because we're if we can be aware just of the natural flow of, mm -hmm. and the natural energy and go with it versus fighting it oh my God. then life flows so much better and so if we try mm. to like force something during a mercury retrograde and it's not necessarily the most supportive time it's it's just good yeah. to know so according yes. i wrote it i jotted it down i think we have until like october beginning of october oh until the next one no, well, so it's, it's uh, September it 9th to yep. October 2nd are the, the official dates. And then yeah. like, then there's the pre-shadow and the post-shadow. Yes. So yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if only your <laughs> listeners could see your face when you just made it, you're like, oh, God, <laughs> I'm right there with you. You did it. You did embody the emotion that I feel during it too. So yeah, I just wanted to say that. <laughs> well, that's very interesting. Yeah, because you were born during it. So like you might actually get like a huge contract signed or something during that I time. did. You yeah, did. my first book. <laughs> <laughs> amazing. My first book and the television show came out. I think I, I think I signed it during the Mercury retrograde in Aquarius. So that I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Here we go again. And it did sort of have retrograde themes. I mean, it's it's television. So naturally, it's like super chaotic, right? But there were certain things like, literally, Christina, I got my visa to go to Greece 12 hours before my flight left. 
and the end oh my god i was like i'm not going i'm not leaving this country this is this is not going to work out for me i should might as well just like tell everybody don't i'm not going to make it and then all of a sudden at the 11th hour it happened you know so it was very retrograde but then i mean <laughs> it worked out but yeah it's certainly when you initiate things during the retrogrades it'll just have a retrograde flavor it doesn't mean it's going to be irrefutable and it's going to be terrible and it won't happen it'll just have a little bit of that retrograde energy and well I think people connect to stories. I'll just say this super fast, keeping in mind yeah. our, uh, you know, container here. It's perfect. What the, the sinking of the RMS Titanic and Britney Spears' baby one more time have in common is they both happen during a Mercury retrograde. Mm -hmm. And they tell very specific stories, right? The Titanic was getting several signals from every other passenger ship from Europe to New York. Don't go too fast. There's icebergs everywhere. Slow down and the owner of white star line who installed and produced the titanic said no 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 let's just go full speed ahead we want to get in there early to like sensationalize and make everybody be so impressed and we all know what happened in the story right the titanic crashed into the iceberg because we were moving way too fast and we wanted to make news for the wrong reasons and then with baby one more time i love this example because jive records which is what gave britney her debut album wanted to make a song wanted to make a music video that was sci-fi and animated okay so they were like we don't really want to see you in your first video we want to do like a cool fun cartoon sci-fi and she only 16 years old at the time was like absolutely not i'm a dancer so i want choreography i want to be in a high school and i want this to be something that my generation relates to not mm -hmm. a sci-fi thing right and I, I would wager that if astrologers were consulted at that time, they would go, no, follow through with what Jive Records said, because if this was a pre-existing plan, right, no one would have listened to young Britney Spears. And look what happened because they did, right? So retrograde surprise us, i.e. maybe one more time, if we take information from new sources, because we're rethinking, we're reframing, right? But they can also really challenge us to slow down and hear what other people are saying. You see what I mean? Um, I absolutely love that you just connected the Titanic and Britney Spears. So thank you <laughs> I'm for a, that. I'm a gay boy who grew up in the 90s. Come on, you know. <laughs> I know. I'm thinking of Leonardo DiCaprio right now. Oh, my God. And Kate Winslet, one of my first Libra loves. Oh, she's Libra too. She's a triple Libra, Christina. Oh, my gosh. What's yeah, triple no, Libra? Can you, I don't know sun, your Sun, moon, and rising. Sun, oh. moon, and rising. She's <laughs> as Libra as they get. And that's why nice. she's she just lit up that screen. Oh my God. So that's yeah, fantastic. Yeah. 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 Well, so here's the thing I was like, I was just thinking this out. I'm like, okay, now during a retrograde, a Mercury retrograde mm -hmm. in particular, cause I know that like, we can't even open up the can of worms. So all the other planets are retrograde too, like Mars <laughs> yeah, and, one at a time, and all these right? things, there's so much going on, <laughs> but like, you know, that's a great visual for me. Mm -hmm. It's like seeing the Titanic just going exactly. right into the iceberg. If you're just going to plow right ahead and like go against the universal energy and just have it your way, yeah. the universe will be the iceberg for you, you know? And it's like, exactly. you gotta just, you know, we can't force outcomes. And like, I actually, as an, in, as a feng shui practitioner, 
I also really kind of help people with manifesting and helping oh, them wow. to release the outcome, right? Because okay. we set our, you set your intention in feng shui, you do a feng shui adjustment with your intention of what it is you truly desire. And then once you do that adjustment, you have to trust the universe is filling in the details in perfect timing, not your timing. Ooh, and that's really ooh. hard, right? Ooh. But yes, I just thought that you said that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it, you are just like reiterating, like, why? Like, sometimes you can't yeah. see those icebergs, but like, no. you just trust it, that it is time to slow down, you know? Right. So I absolutely right. love that. Um, and I, I do love what you said about Britney Spears. I did not know that at all. So that was just like <laughs> some really great pop culture. Right. <laughs> pop culture references. Oh, I'm so glad that you, and you can see the Mercury retrograde themes there, I hope. So thank you for listening gorgeous yes um so i think we grew up in the same era too so it's oh good. totally it's, it's we did perfect. yeah we, we're only like maybe five or six years apart if that maybe oh yeah. that's like nothing I, no. I i wish i was the five or six years younger than you i'll tell you that <laughs> i don't know what happened after i turned 27 and i'm going to be 38 in october i'm like what just happened the past decade like i don't understand <laughs> oh that's so weird where did the last 10 years of my life go says the cardinal sign i know yeah it's crazy <laughs> but what i wanted to kind of transition into and i know this is so so okay gotta let my listeners know this so i guess i think i found you colin because the astro twins have they used to have, I don't know if they still do. They used to have a bunch of courses yeah. with different affiliates yes. and Colin, you were one of them. So queer cosmos had like some courses that yeah. you could get from their, their site astro style. Um, and so I think that's kind of how I was introduced to you. And I ended up getting a Venus retrograde pocket course from you. Mm. And the reason why I thought this was so fascinating is if just in case listeners don't know, like if you know where your Venus sign is, mm -hmm. that really, it, discloses a lot about how you are yep, in love right, right? in your yes, romance yeah trust yourself you got it baby you okay got i'm it. trying okay. here you're i'm doing not great. the expert. no you're, you're great go ahead <laughs> but here's the thing when i found out you wrote queer cosmos which is all about relationships and how different signs interact with each other mm -hmm. the way i thought we could kind of approach this is more more looking at like the there's four different elements in yes. astrology right yes. looking yes. at how the four different elements sort of interact with each yeah. other but this is not necessarily all there is to astrology and relationships right. because really the Venus sign plays a major role. Would you say that or is that is that accurate or not? Oh, without a doubt. It's just Venus plays a major role with others. And I think okay. that's where people struggle with astrology, especially because folks love single right answers. Is it Venus? Is it the sun? Is it the moon? Right? And astrology is like, actually, it's Venus and the moon and Mars, and your descendant, and this. So it's 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 about integration, not alternation, right? But Venus does rule what we are drawn to, and what we find romantically alluring, right? What I might want in a marital partner might not be exactly what I want in a lover, if you know what I mean, okay? So, and I would like marriage one day, maybe we'll say, Gemini, I'll change my mind. So, <laughs> you know, what I want in, in a serious, committed partnership is Venus, 100% right? For most people, I think so too. And so like, for example, Venus and the fire signs, Aries, Leo, Sagittarius, these are people who find others, life force, creativity, passion, enthusiasm, freedom, stamina, incredibly alluring. They want a partner who doesn't need them. 
right? They love when a partner is standing on their own, shining in the life of somebody else, and almost having a party started without them and says, hey, you want to come over? Because mm -hmm. I'm dancing all night with or without you. That's what Venus, Aries, Leo, Sag finds attractive, right? They like when a person is really experiencing full aliveness, full vitality, full creativity, full courage. Is this for someone who has the sign? Sorry to interrupt you. Is this please. someone who has a Venus in those signs? Or yes. would you even say this could be a blanket statement for even just those signs in general? Uh, absolutely. Right. But see, it's okay. interesting. Like with the moon in Aries, Leo, Sag, they'll express that right so they will express their emotions in technicolor they will be very direct very passionate very brave it might not be what they find attractive in other people though you see what i'm saying so that's the beauty of astrology is like it tells this it's a storyteller venus tells the story of what i find romantically alluring about other people mm. okay uh, if I have, you know, the sun and Venus in the same sign, like I do, it's doubly amplified. If I don't, it just adds a little bit more to integrate. Right. So your Venus is in Gemini. Yes. And my sun is in Gemini. My Jupiter's in Gemini. Yeah. Ooh, I know. Gemini. Very Gemini. Very I don't think I have so. any Gemini in my chart oh, at all. That's okay. That's okay. Not even know. Mars. No. Yeah. No, you, oh, you think no. Yeah. You went. Yeah. Cause you're in North Lone and Taurus. No, no. Yeah. You don't. That's okay. Look at you. You just know you're so, oh my God, you think <laughs> in charts. Um, <laughs> I have to, I have to. Yeah. I wish I could tell you off the bat what my Mars is in. I want to say it's like another, it might be Capricorn or something. Uh, yeah. I feel Capricorn. Maybe. I have a lot too. of Capricorn, which is yeah, like you were really very bullet pointed. I loved it. <laughs> I love it. Very structured. I love it. It's like, good. Yep. Nope. This is the time limit. This is what we're talking about. Any questions? Didn't think so. Let's begin. <laughs> Well, as much as I try to stray away from leadership roles, it's like they just uh, keep finding me. I'm okay, like, right. okay, I just want to sit back, you guys. And it's like, nope, come on up no, here. The universe you is help. like, cut it out. Come on. Yeah, stop. What am I trying to, who am I trying to prove here? I love So it. I really, okay, you're fascinating. I, <laughs> this is going to be so hard. Okay, we have about like 10, a 10 minute, like, yeah. okay, Colin told me, I said, Colin, this is a tall order, but I really want my listeners to feel like after they hear the show, whatever their sign is, they can kind of be like, okay, like this is, this is what I like. Mm -hmm. This is who I am mm -hmm. when it comes to what I desire in a relationship. So mm -hmm. as if I'm an air sign, so we'll have to just identify air, fire, water, earth, right? right. Are those right. the three, four? Yes. Perfect. I get confused because yeah. there's five in. in yeah, five. right. No, I know you would. I know <laughs> you did great so, though four. You're right. Okay. So once you know, kind of like you know, what you, what your element is, what mm -hmm. kind of, Colin's going to kind of give you like the cliff notes on like, okay, this is sort of like what you did with the Venus, like what mm -hmm. it is you want in a partner and like, mm -hmm. maybe like how the other signs might interact with you. Yes. Ooh, but we know perfect. this is very surface level. And we know there's so much more you can do. So we're going to have to find out more information about how people can find you and, oh, and all of that and learn more about their astrology. But I'm going to stop talking. Oh, okay. Here. Okay. Well, thank you for that <laughs> setup. Here we go. I appreciate it. So yes, the fire signs, they are attracted to and appreciate full aliveness in a partner, right? They really want to make sure that someone's at the reception desk, you know, because we have, we've, we've talked to people or dated people or, you know, had friendships with folks where it's like, they're physically present, but where is their cognition? Like they're not there. They're physically there, but they're elsewhere. Fire is like, hello, look alive. I don't like that right? And so that can be very complimentary to all the other elements, you know, with air, it certainly fuels 
a lot of energy and, and, and great conversation with Earth. There's this quality of, all right, so you thought of the idea, now we're going to do something about it because Earth is all about action, like walking the talk, right? Water can help kind of relax the fire signs a little bit and just like soften into a little bit more of receptivity, patience, magnetism. Is that more challenging though, to be fire and water together? It could be. I'm the product of it. My mother is a cancer. My father's a Leo. So I see it every day. (laughs) I see it every day, but it's so good for each other because my mom is telling my dad, get over yourself. And then my dad is telling my mom, remind yourself who the fuck you are though. Mm. Right? Because you get lost in other people and then you forget other people exist. So can, can we talk and be real about that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's why I love the fire water energy kind of thing. Um, and then air. So these are Gemini, Libra, and Aquarius. Hello. That's who we are together. Um, mm-hmm. They are zodiac signs that are the embodiment of the Shakespeare quote, love looks not with the eyes, but with the mind, and therefore is winged Cupid painted blind, right? So they're all about, if you want a connection to the heart, you got to connect to my mind. Mm-hmm. And I want to hear you. I want to know you. And I want to feel like you know me. I want to, I want to hear the words. I want to read them. I want to observe you communicate that you know who the fuck I am because I know who the fuck you are. Right. And that's what I love about air science. They really demonstrate curiosity in the lives of other people. One of the most infrequent things that happen in relationships. And sadly, one of the most necessary things that needs to happen in relationship to sustain them is thoughtful, open-ended questions. How many times have we gone on dates, experiences with People who claim to love us, knowing full well we just got back from doing something important or there was a loss in the family, a promotion, something in the job, never even thought to ask. Mm. And then we feel this weirdness, like, I can't really ask them to ask me questions. Like, isn't that kind of something? It's like, no, you actually can say, hey, I'd actually love to be closer to you, but you didn't show any level of interest or curiosity in my life. So why should I? Let me know. I mean, fact check me, (laughs) but you didn't ask. So what am I supposed to do? Just talk without invitation? Mm. You know, that's air. And so, so air, air was, so air is Libra, Gemini, you said that Aquarius. Aquarius. Mm-hmm. Just that's three. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was Aquarius kind of confuses me because it looks like it could be a water. I know. But it's not. It's I don't know why not. they did that. But well, they the symbol of their water is when we are around an Aquarian, they tend to remind us of extraordinary possibility that we didn't even know there was a possibility of you know and I think that's the beauty of Aquarius is they're like think way bigger and think long term you know like right just speaking of it personally you know I've only ever thought of my family system in about three to four generations but there's Saturn in Aquarius right now there's a lot of Aquarius energy when I was in Italy and as I was getting dual citizenship and I had to go through seven generations to like trace things and understand names and connect things I was like oh this is Aquarius I'm just thinking mom, dad, me, and my niece. No, grandma, great grandma, great, great grandma, baby. Think bigger. And descendants, you know, that's Aquarius. Think bigger. So Gemini, Libra, and Aquarius, they love the fire element because again, there's so much energy, a lot of excitement. I think they do appreciate earth because earth demands commitment of air and air demands flexibility from earth. Mm. So that can be a fun little push and pull. That's my uh, personal situation. My husband's a Virgo oh. and I'm a Libra. Yeah. Right. right. And he's like, hon, stay part of the course. Like, hold on a minute, <laughs> you know, focus, follow through. And you're like, but I changed my mind. 
<laughs> What's interesting about what you said about the air signs is that they really, they really need that those words of affirmation. Oh, I know that's my love language for sure. 100%. Like I need to see it written down. I need 100%. to hear it from you. Um, so I just, it, that really just resonated. So I guess all air signs are words of affirmation. Yeah, oh, without a doubt, <laughs> without a doubt. And they express that. And like, you know, there is something really important about that. Yes, sometimes talk is cheap, but a lot of times it isn't, right? So it's like, and that's where air comes in. It's like, I will feel a little bit of distress or pain if I feel like people don't know who I am, and I don't mean like know who I am, I mean like, do you know what I'm about, what I'm going through, what my experiences are, what I'm excited about, what I'm nervous about, who my friends are? If you don't know that, you don't know me, and I don't know why I'm here with you then. Like, let's just not waste each other's time. And then on it that just note, feels too service level. Oh God, yeah, and it's also like wake up and smell the coffee, ask fucking questions to other people. It's not that challenging. And if you had that much resistance, that's that's something you would want to investigate. Because that's not going to help you sustain relationships at all. It's a lack of curiosity about other people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Anyway, we'll go to earth signs. Don't make me fight. Um, so <laughs> Virgo, um, Capricorn, and Taurus out of order. It's technically Taurus, Virgo, Capricorn. So what they remind us about relationships is that the three R's in relationships, as in the work of Elizabeth Earnshaw in her book, I Want This to Work, is responsiveness, reliability, and respect three cornerstones of relationships. How do we respond to other people when they signal closeness to us? Are we paying attention? Are we noticing the small things, right? How do we say what we mean, mean what we say, and do what we say we're going to do? That's re- that's reliability, okay? And then respect, no-brainer, you know, don't be disrespectful, don't be fresh. And so <laughs> the earth signs take a stand for that. With fire and earth, there can be a little bit of a clash because fire is meant to kind of break the rules and like they have no issues with confrontation. So it can be nice for fire to see, oh, whoa, I need boundaries. I need I need a bit, a bit of constraint here. I need a container. But it can also be important for earth to like, oh, get out of your own head and just start making mistakes and who cares and figure it out as you go along like everybody else. You know, mm-hmm. don't get into analysis paralysis. Um, earth with air, again, great conversation because air is about action uh, air is about thought and strategy and earth is about focus and follow through intention without action what the fuck right action without intention you know so that's where earth and fire come together really beautifully um earth and air excuse me and then earth and water beautiful match because they're all about safety security sensuality connection you know just the container oh yeah because what is water and earth makes things grow and then I know we're, we got to be careful on time. So the last but not least in this rapid fire assessment, Venus in the water signs, Cancer, Scorpio, Pisces. So this is all about the emotional bonds that we make and whether or not we are emotionally safe with others and how do we emotionally feel with others and how do we regulate our emotions in relationship with other people? Because what makes me nervous about a lot of the conversations in, you know, kind of pop psychology, social media, relational, whatever, is that we put so much onus on, well, they did this and they made me feel and blah, 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 blah. But Venus and the water signs is saying, okay, yes, that's true. And do you want to regulate your emotions carefully so you can manage and move through your emotions responsibly? Or is it everybody else's fault? Mm -hmm. Right? Because emotion regulation, like it or not, Christina, meaning the ability to regulate discomfort and not turn on each other, but actually, you know, think critically and act responsibly, that's an irreducible skill of relational success. Because mm-hmm. if we're emotionally very dysregulated more often than not, that will complicate relational matters. 
but what could cultivate emotional safety, empathy, compassion, right? And that's all Venus in the water signs. I feel with you. I might not have experienced that, but I, I have felt rage. I have felt disappointment. I have felt oppression. So I'm with you in that emotion. I want to know more about the experience, right? Mm -hmm. And then compassion is if my partner is hurting, compassion inspires action. I want to do something about it right? Or if my partner's really happy, I want to make them more happy and just add some more sprinkles and rainbows to their life, right? So that's where they all interact really nicely. And so, and uh, water and air, I actually really enjoy because it's the connection between head and heart, right? Mm -hmm. Like air brings to water cognitive reasoning. Okay, you, you are interpreting a situation. It's real, but is it true? Mm -hmm. Or are you making up a story, girl? right? And then water says to air, bring some of that heart to the mind, please. You know, and then water says to fire, be a little bit more thoughtful, be a little bit more careful, be have, practice impulse control when you speak, right? Water says to earth, That's your like, mother talking to your father, a thousand percent. I know you knew where that was coming from Libra. Uh, water says to earth, like, yeah, just um, really nurture and, and connect and don't be afraid to be vulnerable. And let's go there. We don't need to problem solve. We don't need to fix it. Let's just be in the emotion. And then two water signs together. Forget it. It's a little bit of a paradise. But yeah, that's that's the uh, hopefully I think I did all the elements and how they interact with each other. Did I do it? Yeah, you did gorgeous. So you're saying that like if you had two water signs together, it's a oh, paradise. Like totally. it's just like there's nothing. Oh, I can't change my sun sign. Damn it. No, I, well, that would be so cool to be. Well, maybe, you know, but your partner signs. might have your partner might have water in their chart. But if you have like a lot of Earth, for example, like you do, Miss Capricorn stellium, perhaps mm -hmm. you're going to connect to your partner's Virgo stellium or Virgo energy, because it's to earth, right? Okay, so yeah. you'll see that connection. Like I kiki with air sign girls and boys beautifully, because we have the same element. So it's like, doo, 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 doo. we have mm -hmm. so much fun, but we get, we talk and be real too, you know? Mm -hmm. So when it's the same element, it can be really beautiful together. Yeah. You have a very deep emotional intelligence understanding. <sighs> and I absolutely love what you're saying. You were speaking my language. I don't know if you know this about me, but I'm a social emotional learning coordinator at a public school district. Whoa, so, that is so cool. Yeah. That and, is so cool. No, I did not know that about you. Wow. Yeah, I know. We the a whole nother episode on that because <laughs> we um we actually have like five um social emotional learning competencies and one of them is social awareness. No, excuse me. Um self-awareness self and the other I mean, social awareness is one, but that's not what I was trying to talk about. Self-awareness and then emotion regulation. Those are two pieces of something that we are teaching our kids and hopefully also fostering in our adults as well. We talk about SEL for our kids and for adults. So, yeah. So with Dr. Mark Brackett's work, permission to feel, are you familiar with him? It sounds like I need to be. Oh my, and well, I, yeah, he started the Yale Center for Emotional Intelligence and he brings uh, the ruler method for social emotional learning. Oh yeah, schools. from Yale. Yes, yeah, you know him. Yeah, he's okay. a Virgo. And I do. Okay. Yeah. Yes, so I do. I am familiar. I am familiar. Oh, um, so that's so cool. So yeah, there's so much. I just obviously, you know, you got to follow Queer Cosmos, Colin oh, on um, Instagram because IG. yeah, like you just- you bring in, like you teach us, you, you use astrology to help us to understand the universal and cosmic energy, but then mm. you follow it all. You always follow it up with, you know, some, something actionable that you can right. do to, um, you know, 
to work with the energy. So that's pretty 100%. cool. Because isn't that where like, that's where the, 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 the meat and bones is, is like, yes, theory, awareness, you know, I love it. And also it's not the spiritual mountaintop. It's the embodied experience. It's the experiential education. Nothing can touch that. Yeah, we're in this earth classroom together, Colin. Yes, Let's we are, this. baby, but I'm glad I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> we might yeah. have to sit on opposite sides of the room, though, because I feel like we would just talk and cheat. So no. it's crazy. <laughs> so I, I I really enjoyed my time with you. And I, oh, I you know, I know my listeners did, too. So thank you for being oh. here. Um, before we go, is there anything else you want to say? Or like, where can people find you? I mean, obviously, Instagram. And yes, we know that eventually, Instagram, I mean, please. he's going to be on TikTok soon. Don't worry about it. Because <laughs> <laughs> this is going to have to drag me on there. Well, I just want to say I've to resisted them, TikTok myself. I know I I'm still um thank you for for listening as well I would say to your listeners uh, you know I people's time and attention absolutely the most precious non-renewable resource they can give to us so thank you for the time and energy and attention they gave to us and I hope that we provided something valuable in the listening that uh they gave us oh gorgeous thank you and thank you oh. listeners for being here today and I will see you next week where I will help you design the life you deserve What is it you really want in life? No matter what you've been through, you can still achieve it. I'm Sandra Ann Taylor, and in my Energy Activation Podcast, we'll explore the science of manifestation, and I'll give you specific techniques to shift your energy in order to make your dreams a reality. I also do live energy readings, and you can be a part of the show by emailing your questions to me at sandrataylor.net. Join me on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.